Should I let me go grab my phone really, really quick and entertain the kids while I'm gone? Luke is an idiot. No one should like him. No one should be his friend. Do you know who I am? I'm the voice of Luke's inner self. This one, there we go. Okay, so we got a bunch of kick-ass questions from a lot of our listeners. Should we talk more about confirmation retreats? <laughs> I've exhausted that conversation, Wait, and we've exhausted that conversation by actually not really talking about them. <laughs> I know. Whoops. He's for hire Gomer to do your confirmation retreat. Hire me to say things that won't make sense. Um, so, one of the things that we love, this is kind of an unexpected joy, if you will is that we get a lot of great uh, listener questions, and I think the time has come to respond to a bunch of them that we, we just got. Let us so, do it. This this comes from our buddy Greg Iwinski. Why did you assault innocent students with water balloons while at FUS? Specifically, how did you manage to hit a man in the groin with a water balloon while 500 feet away and slingshotting over a, over a, over a building? Because Tim McMillan is that good. And because it was funny. <laughs> oh, and because I delight when Greg gets hurt. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Greg. I like it, Greg. Greg, although um, I, at times I, I often I often ask myself, does Greg like me? Um, okay, so one of the things, Greg, so we... Rocky Balboa did not deserve five stars. <laughs> yes, it, it was did a good movie. Not deserve five stars. Creed that deserves five stars. Balboa, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's. I thought. Okay, I would say it's a. It's a good four star film. Donald Trump. What do we think about Donald Trump? This comes from our buddy Brian slash Courtney Kissinger. Why don't you read? Why don't you read? So Brian just said Donald Trump as like. What should we talk about Donald Trump? But read what Courtney wrote. Oh, uh, and Joey, right? No. Okay, so we're gonna skip the Donald Trump thing. No, didn't Courtney write on the Donald Trump oh, thing? Oh, sorry, I just saw that. Um, okay, so this is this comes from listener Courtney. Actually, I'd love to hear about Donald Trump. And the rest of the political climate at the moment. My friends and I have been discussing how the heck we're going to vote when it seems like the front runners of both parties and sadly the ones who might get the nominations just don't line up with Catholic values. Would it be bad to write up someone in if that vote will end up basically counting for nothing? How the heck is this all going to work? This is the first year I get to vote. And honestly, I'm kind of freaking out, which I'm glad she's having that struggle. That is a really good thing. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, Courtney. She's awesome. I know her. She's an awesome human being. Cool. And she, she, has, cool. she has four names, and they're all very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I wasn't even going to try. Though I it, like that her last name is Kielbasa. That's pretty cool. I prefer to so, call her Kielbasa. Kielbasa. Um, yeah, like Donald Trump, how, how the heck do we even approach this? I need to turn off Facebook. This is driving me nuts. <laughs> Thank you. No, it, it is not. You are all great. Please keep them. Please keep them coming. Um, yeah, so you ready for this? I think so. Okay. Hey. Now, and also, please keep in mind that the views we express do not reflect that of our employers. Oh, thank you for saying that because I despise Donald Trump. I here, think here. I think Donald Trump represents everything that is worst in populism, which means he is strategically spe- – when people say like, oh, he says the things we all think, I don't think these things because I think he's messed up. I think Donald Trump exists because of years of Fox News and MSNBC and, – and, and, and the Fox Newsification and MSNBCification of the polarization of America where – Every time you turn on the television, regardless of what side is speaking, it's the other side's fault. It's apocalyptic to vote for the other side, right? And so mm-hmm. this hatred and this animosity builds up and builds up against the other side so much that you can just say Obama and people will physically wince, right? Or to the right, right-wingers. Remember how crazy left people were about George W. Bush? That's as crazy if, uh, or less than how crazy you are about Obama. And then you always have a reason why you're more justified in being crazy about him. I went had a woman, one time a woman say to me, he is demonic. And I said, listen, quick. Uh, they said he's the devil. And I said, quick. That's heavy. Yeah. And I said, well, number one, it, factually, it's incorrect. And I was like, don't, <laughs> don't say that because he's not. He's a human being of whom Jesus Christ died for his sins. 
And on top of that, he believes a whole bunch of things that he honestly thinks would help our country. Okay, so you got to give him that he's not some crazy predator out to destroy America on the next O'Reilly factor, right? He's not doing that. Now, I think policies of his are evil, specifically around the abortion issue. Um, But I thought policies of George W. Bush's were evil, specifically around preemptive war. I think there are plenty of people who would disagree with me, and I don't give a shit. I was a devoted disciple of George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. I voted for him in my first election when I turned 18. I voted for him with a smile on my face. I would have voted for him in the second time, the second election in 2004, but I was in Austria. I was out of the country, and a whole bunch of us did not receive our election forms. Um, you know, to go out of out of country like you apply absentee on ballots. Yeah, that. Thank you. Um, but the absentee History major. Yeah, but there was a whole bunch. Like Tom Ashiani did his like way early, and uh, like we would talk about like, hey, did any of you get your forms before you left or anything like that? Or are they mail into us? And none of us ever got it. Um, I probably I wouldn't say to Tom uh, this, but I probably didn't fill it out right, or you know, because I always as soon as I look at a government form, I'm like, <laughs> why am I doing this? And that's why Tom's a lawyer and we're in ministry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why do I do my own taxes still? Um, so uh, just looking at all this stuff, like I come to this realization that I I couldn't vote for him. I had a massive kind of like political change in 2008, 2009. And then it became something like just (sighs) the worst of us. We are at our worst as a country when we can no longer see the humanity of the other, right? That is when all human beings, we all do this, when we want to reduce our political opponent as an evil, as the force of evil, and that's it. Right. Oh, well, they're pro-abortion. Therefore, everything they are is evil. You know, and my problem with this is Donald Trump, when you listen to his rhetoric, number one, when it comes to solutions, when it comes to what we would call positive arguments, solutions, whatever, it is as if he's just making shit up as he's going along. Just, go, you know, and I'm going to get Apple to build their damn computers back in our country. How are you going to do that? Are you going to force them to? Because that doesn't sound like capitalism. Like what? How are you going to get Apple to manufacture millions of computers and, you know, iPhones in our own country when labor costs are sky high? Are you going to write a, you know, like just in statements like that, people start clapping and all this stuff. It's like this is the most ignorant statement you could make, and it makes people who are Republicans look like idiots. Yeah. And, you know, I think in there we are very quick. It, it's, it's really interesting because if you uh, recall one of our past episodes, we talked a lot about the importance of a personal relationship with Christ. And if we're supposed to have a personal relationship with God, that would imply we have a personal relationship with with others, which means we pray for our enemies. We treat other people with with respect. So I'm going to come out here and I'm just going to say it. I love Bernie Sanders' anger. I don't agree with his answers, but I, did I pronounce his name right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. I love what he's angry about. I really do. I mean, for the most part, I th- I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I agree. Like that is messed up. Well, I don't agree with your answer, but a lot of the stuff that you're angry about that, that is screwed up stuff. And there is, we, this is a prime opportunity for all of us to truly engage in um, public discourse and engage our own conscience. So Courtney, what I would tell you is vote with your conscience. Who do you think is right? If that is a writing candidate, that is absolutely fine. I, I did a writing candidate last time. I don't think you're throwing your vote away. I think no, refusing to vote for establishment candidates, but at the same time not refusing to vote is fine. I don't think that's bad. No, I think I think you have a moral obligation to be involved, but I think what your involvement looks like is ultimately determined by your conscience. And so if you want to write in a candidate, that's fine. Like I, I mean, honestly, if, if Donald Trump... I voted for a Republican in every election. I voted for I mean Romney, and blah blah blah. You I voted vote for, for Romney. I did. Yeah, I just uh, he's like, he's the he. Yeah, I just felt like a vote for Romney was a vote for a tree stump. Yeah, it was a Republican tree stump. So it's better than Gore, which was just a, a Democrat. No, no, it was it was Obama. No, I mean Gore, like Al Gore in two thousand and four or whatever he was. Oh, was like a tree man stump. pig, <laughs> man dog pig. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that episode so much. So uh, but it, so like honestly, Corny, do your own 
due diligence. One of the things that I that I did that real I thought I really enjoyed was over the summer of 2004, I read a lot of books on politics and I read books by Bill O'Reilly and I read books by Michael Moore. I wanted to see both sides of what was the a political spectrum at that time. And it really helped me make what I, you know, I, I did end up voting for, for George Bush, which I kind of regret. But that all being said, I did the best I could to make an informed decision. And that's ultimately what you have, what you have to do. I think you have a moral obligation to be involved as your conscious sees fit. If that is coming to the conclusion that you can't vote, I think that that's fine. Yeah. So honestly, don't worry. I have no idea how this is all going to work out. Yeah, just listen. Just listen to the rhetoric of Donald Trump, and ask yourselves: Is he like okay? He is the exact opposite of Obama, who I would never vote for. He is the exact opposite of Obama. Obama tried to be at a polarizing time. He tried to be positive. He was still polarizing, <laughs> but his whole slogan was "Yes, we can," and the whole point of that was America. We're still America. We are still the land of possibility. Even though we're divided, we can still make this the best damn country in the world and blah, blah, blah. Donald Trump is like, they're ruining it, and they're ruining it, and they're ruining it. And I wouldn't let Muslims in this country. I wouldn't let the immigrants. It's like it's this position of fear. Like, let the freaking refugees in. They're dying. Like, mm-hmm. let them into the damn country. Grow a pair. Like, the governor of Georgia uh, or of uh, Texas, Greg Abbott, is a Catholic. And he made the, um, Texas one of the states that's going to refuse to let refugees in. What? Oh, my God. And, and there are people who are like, yeah, but we should support the veterans. We should support the veterans. You know who votes against raising wages for military workers? Republicans. The Republicans quashed a bill to raise wages. My best friend, who is a diehard Republican, liber- um, Federalist Society writer, all of this stuff, wrote me or called me up one day. And he's like, I don't understand. I thought they were pro-military. I was like, Chris, they're not. They're pro-war. That's the difference. They want war. War's expensive. You know what's the cheapest part of war? Veterans who are coming home. Right. We have VA hospitals. We have places, things in touch for veterans. There are massive amount of homelessness in veterans. One of the reasons why they're homeless is because they went to war and saw the worst shit humanity has to offer. And we don't think about that. We don't think about what PTSD. My my wife buried her grandfather who was I mean, God love him. He was an alcoholic because of his Korean War experience. I have a picture on my mantle. Me and my wife were talking before we did the podcast of of Grandpa Jack, this young, incredibly handsome, smiling guy. I'm going to put it in the show notes. A smiling guy in his uh, Marine Corps uniform, like the dress uniform. And Shannon just said, like, I just see so much potential. And his whole life when he got back just fell apart. And he was mean and cruel and all this stuff. And he had his moments, like with my family and with me personally, he was always always on his best behavior but just you know it does that's what alcohol does to people well it's because they didn't talk about ptsd and grow up or yeah john's Mm -hmm. quiet after he got back from the war you know and all that he Mm -hmm. spends time in the garage and works with his hands or he's always down in the basement he's always alone it's because he doesn't know how to process the horrible stuff that he saw and even worse the horrible stuff that he did you know and so we don't and so this is the thing about um donald trump that i despise is number one by pretending to be strong with words, he actually is advocating the weakest of all positions, which is let us stay here and let's be afraid. Let's not let Syrian refugees, a, a, a direct effect of American intervention in the Middle East, that's what's causing ISIS, American intervention over there. It's not what causes ISIS, but it creates the grounds that something like ISIS could grow in. Our intervention over there, this is our problem. I don't want to send military, I don't want to fight a ground war over there or anything like that, but to not allow refugees past the Statue of Liberty? Like, yeah. are you kidding me? And we need to, I really think that, well, we have talked about this before, but like, where does, we need to ask ourselves in politics and our domestic policies and our own foreign policies and how we vote, where does, like, where do I die to self? Where do I put my own fear? Where do, where do I put my own comfort aside for the betterment of this other person. And I think a lot of Christians have a hard time, have a hard time answering that. And so, uh, Courtney, 
another point that I would that um, I would say that I'm still trying to wrestle with is don't be afraid to engage in a dialogue with people that you don't agree with or aren't really sure about. In fact, let's all just try to have some nice conversations about this stuff and not feel like there's like only one answer. This isn't like this isn't biblical. This isn't um, objective truth. This is a political election. Well, I mean, is... I would say that it touches on that, though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I understand what you're saying, and, and I agree with you to a point. But, like, we do have massive moral and oh yeah, yeah issues yeah. that are that hang in the balance that you can't that we can't just say. Well, I mean, I see what you're saying, but we can't just say, well, this is a political category bracket thing. Um, I think, like, like going back to J.D. Flynn's conversation with us, you know, the the liberal or the libertarian would say the political liberal would say law you know we only need it it's because it's a necessary evil but the thomist the follower of saint thomas aquinas would say no law actually promotes the common good it's a good thing to have laws right it's not just to prevent audacity against one's neighbor but it, it's it's there it's a good thing it also educates as well as prevents um yeah but uh so you sit there and you think about all of this stuff like coming back to like like honestly I would be more comfortable with Hillary as president than I would uh, Donald Trump because I think Donald Trump is l like I. All politicians are snakes and self-promoting prideful assholes to some degree or another, with very few exceptions. I think Bravo. Donald Trump is the first uh, politician who that's literally his selling point. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, I'm so rich, uh, I, I can't be bought. Yeah. You know, it's like, but. Are you serious? Like you're just gonna? I, I'm. I don't know. I, it, he bothers me more than anyone else. He's pro-choice. You know Matthew Walsh. Um, I read the Walsh blog uh, on him. Right? Can we just stop paying attention to him? Sorry. Go on. And I really like this piece that he wrote. In his, <laughs> I haven't. I, I mean, I, it got on. pushed up uh, through Twitter, and people were retweeting it, so it came into my I'm Twitter sorry. account. And I went. And I. I think we should have him on the show. And I read um, his piece where he just smashes Donald Trump. And he said, and he smashes the Republican um, media pundits by, he's like, the people who haven't come out, like Sarah Palin, I guess, endorsed them. He said, the people who haven't endorsed him are being eerily quiet about him to the point that it feels like an endorsement. And I think, one, they're afraid of his fans. Like, I'm, I used to be a Ron Paulian to the nth degree. And we, I mean, <laughs> Ron Paul blogs, plural, I would check daily, which is weird. Um <laughs> <laughs> but whenever there was like an online poll, Ron Paul would win over and over again. And they would literally be like, well, that doesn't really count because Ron Paul's fans are internet savvy. And you're like, well, then how can you have an online poll? And why would he even have one if, you know, you know, but like the Trump people are fanatic and Trump is doing his own social media stuff. He is literally in his office on his, you know, galaxy droid, whatever. And he's pounding away at on Twitter, just attacking people. He says horrific stuff. Horrific. <laughs> You brought up a great point in one of the first Republican uh, uh, debates. I think you did this on Facebook when he was slamming Rosie O'Donnell and all these people were like, isn't that great? He's finally sticking it out of Rosie. And one of the things that you said was, no, this isn't great because she's a human being. Yeah. Like we shouldn't be talking about people like this. So I, I agree. I, I, um, think, I don't think uh, Donald Trump is a racist. I think he's a xenophobe, which means fear of the different, fear of the other. Like, it's not like just Mexicans that are rapists and blah, blah, blah. I think he's literally, I think he's afraid of China because they're Chinese. I think because they're not American. I think he's afraid of a lot of this stuff. And he speaks this stuff like, I mean, he just says it without thinking about it. And we applaud him because what? Because he's rich? Or I don't understand. I don't I, I understand. Almost, see, I think he's a caricature. I, I think he's a caricature. I think he's playing. I don't think, I don't, I don't think he cares. I think he cares about yeah, having. I don't think he has to because he's so yeah. rich and been. Yeah, and I think he just likes this. Is just his next thing. Yeah, this to him, this isn't any different than having the Apprentice. It's yeah. just another thing. Uh, it's another thing that doing people are um, are paying attention to. He's going to feed into that. So, <laughs> except that we're the ones who are fired. <sighs> Seriously. All right. Um, oh. I, this is a Luke question because I just. Nice. I thought about this. Okay, so let's only spend a so minute. On screw this. you, dear listeners. <laughs> no, that's true. That's not true. Um, you have an opportunity to go out to drinking with any president, dead, dead or alive. Who is it? Me. Yeah. Any president, dead or any alive. Any president. You're gonna go out drinking. How long are we gonna be out? Uh, however long you want. Okay. Uh, quick question. 
Uh, is this going to be like at a dance club or at like a bar where we can talk? Wherever you want to go. Okay. Oh, president. Which president would I want to go drinking with? Probably Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Probably Thomas Jefferson. I'd want to go to a pub with him. Uh, but if we're talking like a club, definitely Bill Clinton. Oh, hands down. The answer is Bill is Bill Clinton. If I'm going to go out, if I'm, I'm going to push him back. Here's what I want to do. with. Have you read his conversations with Tony Blair? No. The greatest thing ever. You have to read it. It's just great. He's everything that you think he would be and more. I want to I want to spend I want to spend some time and let's just uh, how, do, how do I put this? I want to spend some time with him where we're going to like drink scotch and talk about all the foreign policy stuff and really, real, really interesting things. And then we're going to go out and rip up the town <laughs> after that. So you literally it's like, OK, I'll do the mandatory. Tell me about your political thoughts. But then no, it's cause, like, cause I, Bill, he's going to get drunk. Oh, <laughs> totally. Because I mean, he was like him and Newt Gingrich would stay up for hours and just drink and talk about politics and foreign policy. And, and he I mean, he. I mean, he's great friends with all the Bushes. Like, he loves he loves politics, and he genuinely yeah. likes that stuff that he does. Do you think mentally he's slipped? I haven't heard him talk in a while. Yeah, I think he's slipped. Someone said that there's, like, heart surgery can cause, as a side effect, like, some abnormalities in, like, cognitive function. Oh, really? And then remember when there was, like, a Franciscan student who held up a pro-life sign, and he, like, went ape shit and started yelling at him? Do you remember that? Oh, vaguely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. But Bill Clinton in his prime, and it would end with a night at Whataburger. Awesome. <laughs> you have thought about this so I much. Really have. Well, I, hey, I was there, at, hey there, Luke. Can we get some Tokitos? One of our good friends. Is that a good uh, Clinton? So, Is that a good Clinton? No, that wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, hey there, Luke. Can we get no? no I did not have sexual relations. Um, so I was at a one of our one of our friends from Denver was he he became a transitional deacon, and we were at the party for it. I started to ask our ask our friends that, and my first answer was JFK for a lot of the party reasons. Oh, yeah. and then and then my good buddy Peter goes, no, the answer to that is clearly Bill is Bill Clinton, and I went. Oh my gosh, you're right. And the more I thought of it, I built this whole narrative of what the of what the <laughs> night would be like. And I was like, I want to party with Clinton so badly. Okay, so this, this one is what com- we'll do. We'll go to the bar and find some fat chicks. They're <laughs> lonely already. Put some beers into them. Take them to the limo. That's horrible. I don't know. What I'm that's, we should stop. Um, <laughs> Joey Ruth, our good friend, uh, Joey Ruth. Joey Ruth. Joey Ruth. Uncle Joey, as we used to call him, Catholics that don't believe in climate change, even though the Pope preaches on. So he wants us to talk about that. Um, and then Brian goes, you mean the new guy? Question <laughs> mark. Um, yeah. So I, I, this reminds me of a story that you probably don't remember. When we were we freshmen in, in college, I took a pollution in the environment class that I somehow skipped for two weeks and still passed. Anyways, uh, felt really bad about that. Yeah. Uh, why aren't you laughing? If you, if you don't laugh, it's just sad. He, in that class, huh? <sighs> so much of our pain. Um, in that class, he did a whole thing on why climate change was real. And I remember telling you about it, and you were like, these full of crap. And you went on for like an hour about like how, how it was false. And I was like, okay, sorry I brought it up. Yeah, no, I was totally like that. All the time. I was all the time. Because here's the thing that you need to know about me. Uh, Gomer in high school, who's then known as Michael, uh, was obsessed with politics. Especially, and I would say this was was totally true until I was about 18, 19 years old. I was more conservative American than I was Catholic. And I would say it was because I agreed with the church insofar as the church agreed with me. That's like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I love the church. I think the church is very important. I think Jesus is God and all these things. Um, and I, so I read, I tend, would tend to literally avoid social justice stuff. Because, I guess I'm against the death penalty. Yeah, no, it literally, it was the death penalty that was when I made the step over and said, all right, I'm more Catholic than I am conservative. 
Um, although you meet tons of conservatives who have always been opposed to the death penalty. Um, but the, it, that was the case. And when my best friend, uh, what's his name? Uh, when he, <laughs> I hate you. I know. When he said to me, Hey, I just want to let you know, like, I think I've come around on the church teaching on the death penalty. I literally like shouted for joy because I thought that was going to be like a thing that was going to be awkward. But he's like, no, I just come to realize like the church is probably smarter than me. Um, okay. So saying all that stuff, I was super invested into, the the anti then it was called global warming the anti global warming propaganda of the left because you had politicians saying all this stuff not scientists scientists were far more measured and you know, honestly scientific about their claims but then you had hysterical democrats using that as the leverage to uh, engage in a whole, you know, the regulations that they've always wanted to do. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so yep. the the right wingers that, you know, and I'll be honest, I listened to Rush Limbaugh like a crack fiend and, and uh, Fox News was just always on at, at my house, on my radio. <laughs> I would do the podcasts of different shows and whatnot that um, I was just drinking this all in. And honestly, it wasn't until post um, post undergrad that uh, I met a guy and maybe we'll have him on the show. I, I've been wanting to. Um, he's a geologist getting his doctorate in geology, and he just said to me one time, of course global warming, or climate, he's a climate change now. He's like, of course climate change is real. He's like, I see its effects in the, you, you literally can see it and study it in the soil, in erosion, in the water flows, and all of this stuff. He's like, he's like, I, I, and he is a very devout, very, very great Roman Catholic who. I forgot about that guy. Peter? Fine. No, yeah, the, the, the guy that you are, cause, because I remember hearing about him a lot, and I think that I yeah, know. that was when I was in Austin. That's when I was in Austin. Yeah. Oh no, okay. yeah, no, no, no. I think you're thinking of someone else. But um, when I was in Austin, and we were, I mean, they were like our. We had a blind date where our we were supposed to couples meet each other at a bar, and both our wives ended up not being able to do it. So me and him met. We're like, hi, you know, it was really funny. But um, yeah, we're the godparents to his their first kiddo. Um, but he he would like just talk about it as like no like I see this stuff. he's like I work for the oil industry like I'm not some bastion of liberalism I'm a devout conservative Republican Roman Catholic blah 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 and he's like and I see global warming every day so then that like softened my heart on these things you know and I think the biggest the biggest thing is we don't know how much damage we're doing we can't measure it and yet the Democrats want to run out there and make tons of policies that was my apprehension but now after the Republican debates in two thousand and whatever the last um, thing uh, what 2012 I was sh- like shocked at how we've become the no and I say we because I technically am in the GOP how we become the know nothing party like like honestly science is scary to a lot of Republicans and it's like okay we have a climate change let's solve it the Republican way as opposed to the Democrat way which is you know, it's kind of like um, the FBI and uh, the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act was a whole bunch of legislation that had been written for years, well before 9-11, that the FBI always wanted. And then when 9-11 happened, they're like, perfect excuse, let's do it. Um, and that's what it was, I felt like, for Democrats and all these, like, regulations and stuff. It's like, perfect excuse, global warming, climate change, I don't give a crap, just let's, let's you know, do this stuff and redistribute wealth. Um, but for the Republican, it's like, let's solve it the Republican way. Oh, I thought we were all free market. There's a man named Elon Musk, and he's a scientist and an entrepreneur and a genius. And now he's a billionaire because he invented PayPal and all this stuff. And now he's going to take solar energy. And people say, oh, solar energy is stupid. It can't power anything. And and then he replies, actually, it powers the entire world. <laughs> and uh, without getting too – I mean, we're, this is actually pretty political, which, which I think is kind of nice. But there are uh, – without getting too polarizing – yeah, there are a lot of really interesting free market ideas to address climate change and things of the such. It's just that we're I hate saying we're but people who are more on the conservative end of things are so again, we just want to pick these one things and there's one yeah. right answer. And we're just going to scream until we drown out the other side that we totally miss out on a chance to address real issues, which I think the Pope is calling us to address and if you're catholic you have to hear him out yeah and i think like some people uh that i sympathize with totally i mean i jokingly call them tratties here on our show but like i there before the grace of god go i <laughs> uh the notion of like i see people say the pope should talk about theology and not about public policy issues 
I, I, I totally understand where they're coming from because you feel like, all oh, right, well, I mean, what if we're overstating the case? And now you just wrote Laudato Si and you're kind of really making these big claims that are very left-wingy and ugh. But what that started to do for me was I started to say, okay, okay, how can I convert the left with the left? But also it'd be thoroughly biblical, thoroughly Catholic. Like, I mean, J.R.R. Tolkien hated machinery. I was just about to bring him up. Yeah, he hated yeah, it. Yeah, he hated it. Hated it. Now, I, I, I don't like that. I want, I want robots in every, uh, a chicken in every pot and a robot in every home. Like, I want that. I want to live on Mars. I want to go to Mars. I told my wife, I know you can't even stand going in a cruise ship, but one day our whole family is going to get in a spaceship, and baby, we're going to Mars. We're going to die on Mars. It's going to be awesome. You, me, and Matt Damon. Oh God, I love that movie and that book and that audiobook. I own them all. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, but yeah. So like, uh, like who doesn't want to live in a world where we have autonomous cars that can drive a thousand times better than human beings can? Cost us next to cost us the price of a taxi cab. Well, I don't want to pay for taxi every every. Yeah, but you pay for insurance, and ninety eight percent of the time you're not using your we, car. We all spend five around five hundred a month at least on our on our cars. Yeah, wouldn't at that, least. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you spent you know, $100 a month, and yep. you didn't pay for car insurance. Aaron, and Aaron's dad, who actually worked in, he was an executive in the insurance industry, is obsessed with the idea of self-driving cars. Is he really? He thinks that he thinks it could be one of the greatest things to happen in the past 100 years. Yeah, I mean, you think about it with Google. Google's cars are like these weird little, like, love bug-looking things that um, that can drive themselves. And they go, like, I think their top speed is, like, 25 or 35 miles an hour. If they stay under 20 miles an hour, um, they or 30 miles an hour, something like that, um, at least federally, they don't have to be regulated. There's, like, a, next to no regulations. So as long as they're as fast as the post, post office mobile, whatever you call those things, um, but what do you call it? Postal truck, whatever. As long as they're the thing that actually puts it in your mailbox, those little cars, as long as they're as slow as those, then there's like no regulation. But once they hit highway speed capable, it's all the airbags, safety regulations, blah, blah, blah. But could you just imagine how radically different our streets would be, lives would be, if people who work downtown would just, a car would just appear in front of their driveway, they would get into the car. It would go pick up three other people or five other people, however many it holds, and just drive itself while everyone is on their phones, saying their morning prayers, mm-hmm. reading the newspaper, doing whatever people yeah. would otherwise do. Like, I read a lot of Facebook while I'm driving my kids. I probably shouldn't do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, stoplights, people, stoplights. Um, Are you? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, the future is not scary, but I feel like people are like, no, I like my cars. I like driving. Okay, but you literally drive for fun five days out of the year, <laughs> you know, and, like, and really like stop and just like think if, if you were to do and there's a term for this and I'm drawing a blank on what it is. But if you like think about how much capital you use on your car or put into your car and, and you were to compare it with how much you actually use it compared to a thing like your house and an apartment, yeah. like we pay so much more for our cars we for a thing so that is depreciating in value. Yeah. Totally. That's that's why I mean anything from from five hundred to one thousand dollars a month is how much we're actually spending on our cars. Yeah. How do we get to that? Well, we, I mean, and here's the important thing about climate change. I think that there are plenty of free market solutions that work. I also think that government regulation of things that cannot be privatized, like polluting the air, I'm I'm okay with regulate because I lived in a place that had tons of air pollution it's called steubenville ohio and you would choke some mornings some mornings you couldn't you didn't want to breathe through your nose because the smell was disgusting right i'm terrified once we finally get the results of that harvard test i'm like um, i think it's like decades in the making right oh i have no idea i have no idea but i'm terrified 50 years ago of what those people went through before all the regulations and all of this stuff. So, like, this town, guys, was so bad that guys who wore white collars to work actually had to go home and change or bring a spare shirt because it would be yellow by lunch. Yeah, it's so – and the and the, the water is so awful. It's kind of a separate thing that this one guy bought a six-month filter and had to change it once a month. Like, it's just <laughs> atrocious, right? So you have all this – like, pollution is real. I mean, it's not like a fake thing. It's not. I mean, like, it's not. It's it's a real thing. And so, 
I, uh, kind of bringing it home, I think it is, um, I think there is a lot of religion around global warming or and climate change that we're not ready to admit uh, on the left, and that's what the right points out. But I also think the right is not ready to admit a lot of the truth on the uh, about global warming, climate change, all of this stuff. And the whole point people make fun of, oh, 30 years ago it was global cooling and all this stuff. And the scientists are saying that's why we changed it to climate change, not because we're playing fast and loose with words, but because the rise in global temperatures causes massive temperature variations and and things happen because of that throughout the earth. So you might have an area like the the equator might be getting hotter, but that means that the polar ice caps are melting which produces more water, but it brings colder water further down south, you know, down away from the arctic or up north from the antarctic and colder waters are hitting and so you'll have these random spurts of cold and you have all the you know, you have tons of stuff and I don't think and the world is getting hotter because oh lo and behold the sun is getting brighter every day. Um, because it's a young sun. Uh, I remember watching this thing on the History Channel where they're talking all about global warming, and then they end it with, well, it might all be a moot point because the sun is getting brighter, and that brightness literally means hot. Uh, it's going to get hotter. So, anywho, I know I'm talking too much. but um, <laughs> No, you're fine. Uh, I, think the, I think the biggest thing about that I would love to see is the Catholic Church going into my favorite my favorite religion, the Catholic Church, going into a deal with my other favorite religion, Tesla, and <laughs> doing a deal called Laudato Si. And every Catholic Church sets up recharge stations throughout the country using Tesla's quick recharge thing. Because Tesla's trying to work on a $30,000 car called the Model X. Right now, they're all uber expensive cars. Um, Pun intended. Pun intended. Actually, Uber's trying to develop their own self-driving car. Um, I know. And so the whole point of that being uh, they can be charging stations literally all across the country that can do their 30-minute charge thing, which they call a supercharger. But uh, can't you just imagine, like, how cool would it be if we had solar panels on the side of our churches that not only took away the cost of heating and air conditioning, but at because their, their roofs, like our roof is so huge, covering one side with solar panels would then produce electricity that could be sold back to the electric the electric companies. That's what which solar could be cash flow for a church, which is a huge issue. Yeah, or it could be a thing that lowers the price of electricity in a given area. So you have Catholic mm. churches bringing in clean energy, lowering the price of people's bills in their community, and at the same time lowering their own bills. That's what Solar City does. So they they lease you the equipment for half the cost of your bill because they're going to get the mm. other oh, yeah. half from the local energy company as they sell but you lease it from because so they own the electricity that's produced from you, you know. And so there's a Catholic school out in California that that's what they have. They have a whole bunch of solar panels. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why can we not do things like teach kids how to farm? Pope Francis, when he was a Jesuit priest, after he booted out all the liberation theologians from his order, he then built a farm because all those liberation theologians that decried the the poor the poverty of the worker, you know what the one thing they didn't do? Actually work. They were all university people. And he made them work on a farm that they built on the rectory. Well, why can't we do things like that in the Catholic Church? Mm-hmm. And now we have eggs. And now, you know, like, that's the thing that I think we're missing. Like, we can do this regardless of left or right. We c- There are areas, a ton of totally. areas where we can overlap. And I, I think one thing that we need to remember is that, stewards- is that steward- stewardship is a virtue. And a lot of times it's pre- it is presented in cap- – I mean, I mean, I think it's, it's a virtue – Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that it is presented in Catholic textbooks, especially for junior high, high school, you know, teens, where it's like, take care of the earth; it's the only one that we have. And but it's like, no, like take care of things, take care of your money, take care of the earth. Like, yeah, this is kind of important. It's all a gift from God that we are that we are stewards of, and we need of our of our time. And you know, it's it's a big deal. It's an important thing. Like. It doesn't mean that we all have to be card-carrying members of the Green Party, but we do need to, like, engage the world, yeah. you know? So Yeah, and I do feel like by, a, um, by the Catholic Church, by the Catholic Church, by individual Catholics, so completely the Catholic Church in America would be more aligned with the Democrats, but individual Catholics aligned with um, the Republican Party um, and conservative, what we would call, honestly, what we would call neoconservatives. Um, we are so aligned with neoconservatives that 
we keep accepting like we're crying you know like oh all this dogma about climate change but we accept as dogma a lot but the thing that climate change isn't real and and then we pull on who scientists maybe but really pundits right like mm-hmm. i don't want to get my science through pundits because that means it's always an agenda the point of the scientific method and journals and the academic apparatus is to drain the agenda now i'm not so stupid as to think we literally drain a scientist's ambitions and all that stuff like they still very much are themselves and they want to get grants and they want to get this and that affects everything that they do and in fact wikileaks exposed the whole you know let's skew these charts so it looks worse than it really is and let's talk about that you remember that when that happened it was WikiLeaks yeah. that exposed that. Um, but uh, so I, I definitely see that there is a, a religion that's out there that is not true, that kind of worships the earth in, in a weird way. But at the same time, okay. So how do we make, how do we, not, no one wants to um, go kayaking down a polluted river. Who wants to go kayaking? Not me. Jesus. Screw you, Steve Blackson. He loves kayaking. Mm. Um, Oops, I almost banned our friend Courtney by accident. Nope, sorry, Courtney did not want to do that. So yeah. she's not banned. Undo, so undo. How'd that happen? I was gonna, um, really quick. So really, there are two main points here. One, hey, um, hey, Tesla, sponsor this podcast. Yeah. Two, I think there's opportunities for the Catholic Church to engage what's going on in markets and to like you know think outside the box and really be an active a participant as opposed to someone screaming in a already overcrowded room so um all right going on to other stuff um hey so okay this is kind of a left field thing we don't have we don't have to talk about this if if you want to but i want to let people know that we are really open to sponsorships so if anyone has anything they would love to sponsor on our podcast i just got in the in the mail, a great, uh, great, a great, um, it's like a bomb from Catholic Beards. I'm going to try it out. Very excited about that. Uh, so if you have anything that, that you think would be a, a great fit for our podcast, because we do want to hopefully keep this and, you know, um, have this be a thing that we do, um, not to replace our, our job, we want this to be like a thing. Um, please hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter or anything like that. So anything you want to add to that? I just want to say there are two types of sponsors, right? There are sponsors who are trying to get their brand out there. It's called brand awareness. That's one type of marketing. That's the type of marketing we really want to do. Oh, I mean, yay. Yeah. And the other (laughs) type. I just get tired of the world of, like, your personal brand. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Brand. That's that's an inside joke on one of the technology podcasts. The guy always goes, your personal brand. (laughs) <laughs> but anywho, and the other one is like pay per click kind of thing, where um, like we have with Catholic Match, great people at Catholic Match, um, we get a hundred percent of people of the fee or whatever it is for people who sign up for their account for Catholic Match. They're just going to give us a hundred percent of it, like a finder's fee kind of thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. If you use our link and sign up for Catholic Match, even if you don't plan on using Catholic Match, just sign up. You can build community. You don't have to date everyone. But. Um, we are we're more shaped, I think, towards brand awareness. Like, uh, yeah, hey everyone, use Squarespace websites. We're not like it's not just like click this to go to Squarespace and make a website today. It's we're trying to get your name out there. We're trying to get um to our delicious audience. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's all I want to say. I think sponsorships would be great as long as it didn't ruin the show. I think we kind of ruined the episode with Maria Walther as I'm like <laughs> I drop in the pre-edited pre-recorded catholic match ad right in the middle of a. I don't think so i, th- I thought it was fine okay i kind of felt self-conscious she's like let's talk about miscarried baby yeah ladies and gentlemen luke tell us a funny story about dating <laughs> no, in california i thought it was fine yeah me too okay well whatever we'll come up with something maybe we'll do it at the beginning maybe we'll do it in the middle or the end we don't know it's crazy but the thing is this is so like this kind of we didn't uh get a chance to talk about this in our last podcast and we have about uh but 10 minutes left or so. So yeah. we don't, we would have, but like, I just think it'd be great for us to talk about, like, just so we can kind of say, like, where are we going? What are we doing with this? Luke, you always want to have this conversation. This I is, do, a, this we is what we're never doing. never actually have the conversation. Stickers, t shirts, <laughs> NFP planning kits. Don't you want to see? I want t shirts so badly. Cause uh, I love, I want to, I love a good v neck. Oh, God. I love a good, I love a good v neck. A deep V. I want I people do. to be able to look at my v neck and see my belly button simultaneously. 
So, but no, I think it'd be cool to have merchandise. But our, but no, but like, here's the, like, I really do appreciate all the people that are engaging with what we're doing here and that are listening and are talking to us on various things like social media. And we want to keep this going. We want to have great guests. Please keep the great questions coming. Uh, We're going to have some awesome, awesome guests. Uh, This is going to keep going for hopefully a long time and it's becoming a thing that we do. So. It's dude, we're at we're like at the year mark. What? You realize that? Yeah, we've we've been doing this. So we we really started heavily releasing in May or June of twenty of twenty fifteen, but we started to record in December of two thousand and fourteen. Nice. So we were yeah, we're at the year mark. We're at the year, year mark. mark and don't have anywhere near fifty two shows. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you win some, you lose some. But we're we're gonna be very consistent about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, real quick, real quick. Um, so on our Facebook page, I po- you asked a poll. You said impromptu poll. Comment on which of the three things Catholic merchandise items you you'd love to purchase. One, a sticker, which was my idea, a simple square uh, sticker. Oops. You're the worst. Uh, two, a T-shirt. Yay. Which I don't know where we're gonna get the capital to produce that. Anywho, put the money for it. Because <laughs> you're good for it. Oh, and then but like your book of poems. <laughs> oh. Three, an NFP planning kit. This is not a joke. Go. And uh, almost everyone has said sticker. I just want to point that out. Okay. It's not, there's a lot of people going for the t shirts. We had a great a suggestion on and, on our Instagram from Rebecca Roscoe, I think it was, to do bobbleheads of you and me. <laughs> now, if only the same people in China who make Apple's iPhones and computers would make that for us. But I just want people to go to our, our Facebook page. What is it again? Uh, Catching Fox's Podcast. Uh, and look at the T-shirt slash dress that I made for women. I think it's very beautiful. Um, did you see that picture? The one that says "Catching Foxes" is is for lovers. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. <laughs> I, just want, I just want a good V-neck. You're a monster. If there's a T-shirt company out there who wants to sponsor us, if you want me to wear your V-neck, I will. <laughs> I'd love a good V-neck. I literally downloaded a Google. I did a Google image search of an NFP chart, and <laughs> uh, and I was gonna start photoshopping it. Oh, please, please do that. But we I don't have a face of your, or I don't have a thing of your face that I could use for that. Just, yes, yes, you do. There's a tons of pictures of you and me on Facebook. No, I, I know that, but like uh, that would fit a baby outline drawing. Oh, so, okay. so but I just, oh my gosh, I thought that would be so funny if there's that would be little. so great. So the chart that I have downloaded that I just started dying laughing, I thought, how funny would it be if I did this? It's like, <laughs> so there's the red days, which I think that'd be, so it's like M, flow moist, H, wet, H, wet, M, wet, L, damp, damp. And then there's like a ton of eyes, which means intercourse. So uh, I don't know whose chart this is, but well done. Well done. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Uh, let's do a few. We're almost at the hour mark, so we'll do a few more questions. Damn. Sorry. We, we finally. Cloudy, thick, rubbery. Oh, that was all, that was all, so gross. that was all on the twenty fifth. What was happening on the twenty fifth? I didn't pay attention at all to any of that stuff, dude. Listen, you need to because that shit, because that shit's real. Damp, cloudy, thick, rubbery. That shit is real. <laughs> and if you <laughs> don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about vaginal mucus in order to determine <laughs> when Luke is just a giggler. Uh, we to determine when a woman is fertile. And I was taught NFP, the Creighton method, by an elderly woman who was 82 years old, and her default answer was, well, let's look at the picture dictionary for that. And she would open up the picture of all of the different types of vaginal mucus that you had to stare at, and I would just look at it and be like, I love and appreciate the female body, but I cannot keep looking at vaginal mucus. Uh, And I was so happy to find out that my wife couldn't either. So we have four kids. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. just kidding all right uh do we want to do any more questions or are we kind of tapped out or well i think the the big thing is um a catching foxes edition of beard balm catholic beard balm oh, that'd be so great. Yeah. Bar- i'm really Barnabas. excited to try this it's gonna be sweet i was very happy to get it so thank you to people over at catholic beards wait you got it out. yeah i did this is why dude this I is what happens when you start to 
to reach out to people. This is what happens when you start to beg for money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, hey, like, I'm so um, pumped about it. Apple, Tim Cook, if you're listening. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I Tim, could, Tim, Tim, can I just finish one Tim, more rant Tim. about Donald Trump real quick? It's not like oh, yeah, a Donald sure. Trump rant. It directly applies. It directly applies to the comment that he made where I'm going to get them to make their damn computers over here and things, computers and things. Um, Tim Cook was on Charlie Rose, and he, this was awesome. I love this line. So Charlie Rose says, so if it's not wages, what is it? And he's, Tim Cook says, it's skill. And he says, they have more skills than American workers. They have more skills than Tim Cook. Now, now, hold on. Than German workers? And Cook goes, yeah, let me, let me be clear. China put an enormous focus on manufacturing. And what he means by that is decades ago. In what we would call, you and I would have a vocational kind of skills, the U.S. over time began to stop having as many vocational kind of skills. I mean, you can probably take every tool and die maker in the United States and probably put them in a room that we're currently sitting in. In China, you would have multiple football fields because they've taught those skills in their schools, Tim says. It's because it was a focus of them. It's a focus of their educational system, and so that is the reality. And so you look at the wages, right? So they pay them, it's like, I don't know, like $300 a month, which a U.S. worker would never, ever, ever do. But the, the amount that, we, that they produce, like China is not just the place that they do it. It's the only place in the world that could do it because Apple sold 75 million iPhones in the fourth quarter. That means 10 phones per second. Nowhere else in the world wow. can do that. Do you think that's a just wage? In China, it is. In China, it's about eight yen for every, or eight yen, eight yuan for every one dollar. And every time the U.S. dollar like goes up or goes down, China will artificially make its mm -hmm. money go up and down. So much so that someone said that the uh, who was it? Uh, one of those Republican candidates said that that's a declaration of war. And, oh yeah, yeah. It might have been. It might actually have been Trump. Like, but that this is like way long ago. Um, but yeah, by way long ago, I mean like eight months. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like that's it's unfathomable here in the United States because we we couldn't do that because we're actively taught in schools to go into the service sector and to do labor intensive stuff, which is important and it's much higher paid. But that means that manufacturing for many of us, it's not just unskilled. Some of it's highly skilled, but we just don't have those skills anymore. So I just want to point out a president, especially a candidate, they say a bunch of shit that sounds nice, but it's impossible. It's impossible for him to do that unless he violates all of capitalism. Plus, Donald Trump is pro-choice, so enjoy that. Agree. That was his pro-choice stance. And also, uh, there's a, a black comedian who has this phrase called, come get your boy. And he's saying, dear white people, when black people have a black person that is crazy, we have this phrase where we say, go get your boy. <laughs> go, go get your friend. Go get your boy and bring him Brad. back in. Go get your girl and bring him back in. And he's saying, I'm telling you right now, white people, Donald Trump is crazy. Go get your boy. And so there's all the there's a hashtag called whites against Trump, which is stupid because it's, they're all like ultra liberals, you know. And it's like, of course you're against Trump. You be against Trump no matter what. But uh, I just think it's really funny that it's like, all right, come come back, Trump. Stop, stop. Come back. You gotta go back and get your meds and take a nap. And not no be... Trump. No, <laughs> I'll hit you in the nose with the newspaper. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry if we just lost half our fans, and I'm also sorry for my Twitter account, which is about to get attacked by Trumpites. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, this was fun. So send all your complaints to at Greg Iwinski on Twitter, <laughs> at Greg Iwinski, who uh, loves Rocky Balboa, hashtag Balboa. Greg, why don't you like me? Um, I'm kidding. I, he does. We're friends. Oh, we just got a tweet. Someone says love. That's great. Um, how, do, on... how do we end this episode? This is a difficult episode even... to end. Hey, I got something that we can end. Uh, what do you What do you watch? What are you listening to? Are you listening to anything new? Um, not really. <sighs> I, I was going through a phase. Okay, you want to know what I heard that was great? Yes. Come down by Bush. I want to come, come back, back down, down from, from this cloud. Such a great song. That album, not as good as I thought, but all the songs we heard, we've been hearing on the radio for the past 15, actually 20 years nonstop now. Still great. Yeah. Glycerine. Love that song. I love that song. Uh, oh, okay. Nice. Okay. So here's something that happened. So when I was up in uh, Minnesota, buddy of mine, uh, great musician playing, playing some music. We sat in a room and we're just mentioning like he goes, when 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 did you like really like music? And I was like, mostly like '90s alt, 
alternative stuff and um 90s like gangster rap that was like really my when i was like super big into music would go to concerts and stuff and so he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. And so he's like, you know, one of my favorite bands is Alice in Chains. And then we would just go off the list of all of our favorite Alice in Chains songs. Mine is The Rooster. Um, and then uh, we would talk about all this stuff. And then I found out that Stained, remember Stained? Oh, yeah. You love them. I did and do still. Mud Shovel is one of my favorite <laughs> songs. But my favorite, I mean, Mud Shovel and It's Been a While and uh, and Outside. Um, but Your daughter is a porno stars. Sorry, go on. He okay. He uh, that's he's that one a, lyric that I remember. I don't know why. Uh, he's one of he's a country singer now. No way. Yeah, and he has a song called "Country Boy" uh, by what's his name, Aaron Lewis or something. I can't even remember his name right now. Um, yeah, it's it's Aaron, Aaron Lewis. Lewis. Okay, good deal. Um, and it's a country song about his life, and it's like I sold my soul to the devil twelve years ago in L.A. to get my record deal, my songs on the radio, and uh, you know the big mark, my name on the big marquee. And he talks about, like, all that stuff. And it's actually, um, lyrically, it's kind of a crappy song because he just, like, I feel like he just doesn't care to rhyme. He's just, like, just telling a story. But he's a country boy. I had no clue. He was, like, a total country mm. boy. That's pretty cool. Uh, he's, like, from the sticks. But he always, like, he's super musically inclined. He always, like, like hard music and stuff. But now he's literally just talking about living off the land. And I have a diesel truck and a tractor. And I live in the sticks off a dirt road. And that's all I care about. Oh, that's, I love that a lot. That's well, awesome. But you should listen. If you were into Stained or Limp Bizkit or anything like that, which I surely was, uh, <laughs> and literally when the, me and this guy are having a conversation, I looked down at what I was wearing. I was wearing khaki pants that were slightly baggy, not really, but khaki pants and a black T-shirt and a black hoodie. And I was like, all I'm missing is like a red baseball cap, and I am literally Fred Durst. Anyone who says they don't like any of Limp Bizkit songs, and I think the vast majority of their stuff is garbage but when it's like like a trashy tv show that like everyone like every once in a while had a couple of drinks like yeah i'm gonna watch this it's great <laughs> and so um really quick have you seen the new trailer for of the suicide squad the uh, bohemian, bohemian, rhapsody, bohemian rhapsody the best superhero oh, trailer ever i'm so excited uh, i mean i Okay, number one, the Batman vs. Superman trailer that came out is one of the worst trailers because you feel seen. like you saw the whole movie. My hype for that, like, completely inversed. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad, if you haven't seen it, it's Bohemian Rhapsody is playing in the background with the action sequences. You get to see a lot more of the characters and, you know, the different action sequences that they do and whatever the villain is that rips apart a subway train and blah, blah, blah. But... um. I'm I'm super excited about it. You have no clue what the Joker's role is, but you see mm-hmm. him in like just crazy things, like he's laying down on the floor with all these knives. And I'm pumped for his Joker. I am I'm too. very excited about it. It's gonna be so different, so yep. different. So don't watch that movie thinking, oh, well, this isn't the Joker from the Dark Knight. You're right. It's more yep. like the comic book. Yep, yep, way more like. I, 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 I'm I'm excited for Harley Quinn too. I think it'll be kind of like a good mix of of the characters from the from the animated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, not necessarily in that style, but like those types of characters. That you, yeah, well, that Harley saw. Quinn was an animated character, so that yep. girls would identify more with Batman the animated series. And they ended up making her one of the most popular of all time comic book characters because she was so great. Um, yeah, I'm super excited about that. And then what else am I excited about? Mm. Captain America. Captain America Civil War. Oh, I, I think I may have talked about this, but I saw a great movie called It Is Called Love and Mercy about Brian Wilson. Oh, oh. Sorry, this was also really good. The end of the tour, such a good movie about the guy who wrote Infinite Jest. Oh, really? It is phenomenal. Okay. Have you watched Making a Murderer? <laughs> we talked about that before. I know. Yeah. It's the only thing I know what to talk about. I'm watching a sci-fi show called The Expanse. I don't really recommend it because it's made by Sci-Fi Network, and uh, the material that it's drawing from is awesome, but I just don't think the acting is all that great. Yeah, um, Aaron and I have started, and, are, and are, we're going to pick back up again. Mr. Robot, is it on again? New episodes? Um, I don't think. We, no, no, uh, no. We we watched uh, the first episode because we had because it was free. We just never got around to. We got into Fargo, which was great. Yeah. We're going to watch a second a season that. But she watched. Um, she was out in Denver over the weekend, and on her flight home, she watched Mr. Robot. I was like, oh my gosh, this was really great. Yeah, I saw, this, I saw so. it all. I like it. It's good. Dude, they have a very intense dude-on-dude sex scene. 
that is just like straight up slamming whoa i was and they try to show as much as they can from like there it's like two guys having sex in a bedroom and the door is open and it's like the camera's in the hallway and i just remember i'm like what is this a sex scene and you pan up and you're like well those are two dudes whoa they are showing a lot <laughs> i was like whoa usa okay usa network um usa all the way i don't know here this is all and then, I mean, it's it's a creepy, creepy ass movie. But oh, uh, you know what? Okay, I'm yeah. oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's really creepy. I think it's good. And the the thing about Mr. Robot is the stuff they talk about in terms of computers is not is has been prevented from like the stupid Hollywoodism of computers, which is like you type on a computer, you say the phrase "I'm in" or "enhance," and mm-hmm. that's about it. You know, and you see all these. You know, these or people they, actually do yeah. like realistic hacking. Mm-hmm. Like actual code, as opposed to like that's just a thing to create a like a pop up window, not a hacking <laughs> thing. Um, one thing too, and then on the wine point, I didn't mention this, but our buddy, one of my good friends out in Denver, Dave, uh, Dave Craig on Twitter, has been doing a lot of stuff with Uber to kind of call them out on some of the unfair stuff that they are doing with their current wages, and his whole angle on it is the importance of the of the dignity of every person and he's at dave craig at d-a-v-c-r-a-i-g doing some really cool stuff on there so if you're into uber and what's and what is all going on with that a very good person to pay attention to yeah uber is a tricky thing because the taxi system service all of it is bullshit it should not exist the way it exists and because they did nothing uber came in and Lyft. Uh, Lyft is a much more, uh, a kinder, gentler version of Uber. Um, mm-hmm. But Uber is consuming the world. Like, they're all over the world. Uh, yeah. You know, they're in, like, 200 major cities outside of the U.S. or something like that. But and they're, but they're starting to drastically cut back on what they pay drivers now. Yeah, after they saturate the market, they cut back on pay. So it's really interesting, yeah. like, to a point where people are like, I'm just losing money. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's really so and, and he's doing a lot for for people who put a lot of work into Uber, a lot of time to like do bought cars to Uber. Um really, really interesting. So again, that's at Dave Craig on Twitter. Great guy. Really great guy. I love Dave. So Yeah, he's I, all right. And former uh <laughs> former guy that we interviewed, Dave Van Vickle, say a prayer for his daughter. Absolutely. Um, she had a baby daughter had a stroke. Um they still don't know the origin of it, but um She's going to be able to come home. She was released out of the NICU or whatever. Uh, not NICU. Um, just the intensive care unit. And uh, she, I think she might be going home tomorrow. But, oh, I mean, good. left side of her body wasn't moving. And they were like, is it what is happening? Still, she has movement going out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of movement. Okay. A lot of movement. Good. Good. So it's just crazy. I mean, I love. Yeah. I lo- there's so many people. Like our next door neighbor, the husband, his brother, uh, his water heater in his house exploded. And I think maybe it was like a gas line buildup and it just detonated. And I think it was like a one-story house with a water heater in like a hallway closet, which is where my friend said that's where there was. You know, you walk by it every day. And it, the kids were in the hallway. And the water burned two of the kids like 40% of their bodies. But the four-year-old was burned 90% and he just died. Oh, no. Yeah, so he was, like, intensive care, whatever, for, um, I think, two days, and the four-year-old died. Now, I have a five-year-old and a four-year-old, and the notion of something completely outside of my control would just take their life in the most painful way, like, by burning. Oh, I I mean, if my sweet Cecilia had that, right, like, I would go nuts. Like, I would... I like I, I'm I'm so afraid of my kids getting like some like dying. I have nightmares mm-hmm. about this. I'm a bit of a worrier. That's why my friends call me Whiskers. But uh, I just imagine that was a Will Ferrell quote. Um, I just like I think I would I might go insane. Yeah. Like my brain. Uh. I don't know. It's not like I know bad things happen. I know there's random awfulness in the world, but. I think my brain would die <laughs> if my daughter died or my son. I couldn't. I mean, like. There's, um, I think a lot of our listeners know, I'm not sure, that uh, me and my wife experienced a miscarriage, and that was horrible. I mean, I was almost, I, I went through like a thing the other day where it all just like hit me, and I just went to a period of mourning for a bit for a couple hours, and it was just, just awful. And, but I couldn't imagine a, like a four year old just, oh my gosh. 
that pain is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, anywho, so anywho. Uh, sorry for ending it on a sad note. Just keep these people in your prayers because we want this not Absolutely. just to be a stupid podcast where we talk about you know ourselves and our angsty theological selves. Um, I I really do believe in what <laughs> what we're doing, whatever that is. Um, but the connections that we have with y'all, like they mean a lot to us. We think about mm-hmm. these things throughout the week. Um, I know that there are a lot of people that have had questions that maybe we haven't answered because it's kind of hard to kind of to fit them into a show, even when we run through questions. So, um, yeah, just keep it going. Thank you for being uh, uh, amazing people. And you can find me at Lay Evangelist, but you can't find Luke on Reddit. <laughs> no, you can find me on Reddit, just not on our Catholicism. I'm sorry, our Catholicism. Not really. No, yes, I do. I'm sorry for what I said. <laughs> that was way out of line. Um, I like that you're still like, but not really. That guy, <laughs> that guy's a, a douchebag, and he deserved it. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, find us on Instagram uh, at catching underscore foxes. We are on Facebook at catching foxes podcast at the loop v. Thank you, guys. Dude, this was awesome. Yeah. I love you, buddy. I love you, too. And I met another person who thought Catching Foxes meant pursuing hot chips. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.